0: Greetings, fellow wanderers in the Fourth Dimension. This is the Greatest show in the galaxy. I'm Mike Cheesehammer, and in light of Shadow coming back once again, uh. For an unreleased story, an unfinished story, we thought we'd to take a look at uh, some of the other stories, the adventures that never made it, if you will.
1: Yeah. So basically, this—if you go and look at the Wikipedia page for this subject, it's there big... are tons and tons and tons <laughs> of stuff. So obviously, we're not going to go through all of those because you know we've got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to go through uh, the sort of the most famous stuff, if you mm. if you will, um, and primarily we're going to focus on the unmade season 23 which was what would have been made uh for the sixth doctor so basically uh when the sixth doctor went on hiatus in feb of 85 Mm -hmm. um there are a bunch of scripts already commissioned but they were sort of put in storage in favor of trial of a time lord yes which went out in 86 yeah for Mm -hmm. better or worse but that is the reality in which we live also uh we will talk quite a bit about what would have been season 27. So Mm -hmm. after um, Sylvester McCoy's last episode went out, what turned out to be his last episode went out, um, there was plans afoot for another season after that. But then we all know the story, the BBC just didn't make it anymore.
2: Mm. So
1: we'll talk about those. And then I've got like a list of about 10 other stories that were in serious consideration. So they were in the late stages of, being uh, being realized before they were yanked
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so this is gonna be uh, focused on the classic stuff yeah. um, I think famously I think for for um, the new series I think really with the only thing that's sort of really famous in terms of Things that weren't made was the the Stephen Fry script that never was, yeah. Which turned which turned into be turned out to be Fear Her, or (laughs) that that slot was was what was going to be the Stephen Fry story. Mm -hmm. But um, all that's known about that really is it was going to be sort of something to do with the 1920s, yeah. And basically, Stephen Fry just ran out of time and couldn't Mm -hmm. produce a script in time to to fit the slot. So that's why Fear Her is frankly yeah. not very good because it was made in a hurry to fill the slot yeah so um yeah so that's based, in terms of things that are really famous uh that were never things that were never realized that's kind of the biggest one from the, the new series so
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's why we're going to be sort of more focused on the classic series yeah so uh let's get cracking on what would have been season 23 mm-hmm. so um there's i would say one, two, three, four—about six or seven big ones yeah. that a lot of people know about. And these stories went on to be other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, first up was the Nightmare Fair.
0: Yeah. So, at the end of *Revelation of the Daleks*, um, the Sixth Doctor said he would take Perry to bleh, and that was about yep. as far as it got. Um, because obviously, this the show got uh, stuck in hiatus um, because of Michael Grade. Um, so it turns out they'd be going to Blackpool.
1: Of all places.
2: <laughs>
0: um,
1: so the idea was that they discover through um, being caught up in this, night, the titular nightmare fair, that it's the Celestial Toymaker who's the baddie. Yeah. Uh, and really what what happened was that <laughs> because really the, the Celestial Toymaker at the time was sort of the big unknown villain because at the time mm-hmm. the the his first episodes were missing
2: yeah
1: and it sort of built up a, ma- a huge mystique about how just how good the celestial toy maker was mm-hmm. and this was the great villain that you were never gonna see so let's bring him back and do something else and then unfortunately for them the final test turned up and it was shit
2: yeah
1: um <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: and so i went oh no <laughs> it's actually rubbish um, so everyone tried to get rid of this idea it's not my idea, it's his idea and all this sort of thing and then it kind of slowly, slowly went away mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, so eventually it was novelised in 1988
0: Yeah, um, and it, um, did, it, did you get a, bit a big finish uh, adaptation as well
1: all right, okay um
0: with David Bailey in place of Michael Goff as the uh, toy maker um what I always found interesting was the whole idea for the story um was was JNT's, uh piece because uh, colin baker uh in in uniform I would say <laughs> as the doctor um actually went to the pleasure beach and uh, opened a ride there called Space Mountain, which would have featured in the story itself, so you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because I mean, that's the, that's pure JNT is mm-hmm. getting the, is sort of doing that meta textual thing, which wasn't sort of being done then, which was quite a new idea that you have like this, I don't know, like a multi platform experience, I suppose you call it now, that you mm. have the TV show, but you can also go to Blackpool and go on the ride that was in the TV show. Yeah. And also, let's not forget, you had the Doctor Who museum there mm-hmm. as well that was mm-hmm. like in Blackpool. So yeah. it was all. Trying to build it, build that brand idea, which again in, in eighty five was kind of a a novel <laughs> idea, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, to kind of incorporate all these things all together, um, but uh, yeah, through various things, like basically the the celestial toy maker was actually a bit rubbish, mm-hmm. and um, I think as well, what to, looking at the what they proposed to have in this. Uh, in this script, um, like this, this giant arcade game and all this sort mm-hmm. of things, um, could they have pulled it off with the budget that they had? Uh, probably and not. <clears throat> it, yeah. So, doesn't it remind you though, as well, when we were when we talked about Scratchman? Oh
0: god! And <laughs> the they had this table. whole
1: people like, the pinball, pinball oh, table. Jesus. Doesn't it remind you of that a bit? Yeah. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. But also like the the whole video game bit actually brings to mind um, Never Say Never Again the oh, yeah. not official uh, Bond movie with Sean Connery. And I was just like, uh, does that like necessarily make for thrilling television as such? I mean, mm. although I suppose you could argue they managed to get away with uh, doing a poker game in Casino Royale in 2006, so, you know, hey. But
1: Well, I suppose because poker is... Well, because it's sort of it, it's associated with that kind of smoky casino thing that mm. James Bond is associated with, you know. Whereas, sort of cheapy-looking video game things, especially with with video games as they were then, yeah. Um, I think it would it it would be terribly dated now. I think if mm. if they tried to do it, um, yeah. It's unfortunately, I think it's sort of indicative of maybe the toy, the session toy maker is not the greatest idea of all time or mm. the, the villain that you really want to be brought back. I mean, the fact that we've seen not a sniff of that at all. Mm. Um, and we've had sort of various other characters, which feel that remit, like the tricksters and all that sort mm. of thing that came up with Sarah Jane really haven't tapped this, this sort of tools of another episode again, have they? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think
0: the idea of the toy maker isn't bad on paper, no. but I, I just, one of those ones that's, it's a good idea on paper just very difficult to realize in the flesh as it were
1: Well, especially with the with the with what they had as well, yeah. at, the top, well pardon me, at the time it would have been terribly terribly difficult and this huge cast of characters as well mm-hmm. you've got an, an android and yeah. all this sort of stuff it's 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 too much and yeah. really i think maybe wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have come off as, as well as maybe they would have hoped
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah so what's next?
1: Next, it, the ultimate evil.
0: Mm. Uh, yes. Uh, the story would have been set on the Holy Planet Tranquilla, where the dwarf Morden has been using a space ray to make all the good people raging killers. <laughs> oh,
1: weird. <laughs> um, well, as uh, as the book I'm, I'm sort of perusing here as well has uh, things about the missing episodes, it sort of sounds like a mishmash of Caves of Androzani and mm-hmm. what, basically became mind warp
0: yeah because i think even uh, yeah there's a bit where the doctor would have uh, fallen under the dwarf Morden's powers and that's very mind warp
1: yeah it really is also straight out of the um terry nation book of naming things (laughs) a tranquil place called tranquilia
0: yeah Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh it is shaped like itself
1: (laughs) yeah again this was um this was ended up having a, an audio adaptation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's one of those ones of, although it was, it was, uh, looking like it was going to be, going to be made, uh, would have been a two part or a 45 minutes each. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it, it, it just is, it, there's not a huge amount more detail than this really with it. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Also, the idea of like uh, you, you, the, it, the, when these things come out and they were novelised, uh, sort of early, uh, sort of late eighties, early nineties, and you have the companion and the Doctor going on a holiday and one mm. of them has a horrible time. <laughs> midnight, midnight. <clears throat>
0: yeah. <laughs> and also, like, so like in the end, the Doctor would have you had more use a good ray on the planet before borders. It's like, eh? What's a good Ray, exactly?
1: <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. It, it, one of the things, is it sounds good. I mean, they were they were talking about with this dwarf. I mean, we've had evil one. So, you know, Warwick Davis or Kenny Baker would have had, mm-hmm. had you know, a, a couple of fees out of that.
2: Yeah,
1: Deep um, Roy, maybe. Deep Roy, indeed. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, the ultimate evil. I, I sort of I feel bad for getting after some of these for being a bit half-baked because, obviously, they were never... They never went the whole hog into yeah. production, so you feel like some of these some of these sort of plot problems might have been ironed out along the way. But then again, knowing mm-hmm. what we got in this period, maybe not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think we we'll sort of have to move on to what would have been the return of Robert Holmes
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the uh, sort of questionably titled Yellow Fever and How to Cure It.
1: Yeah, the the quite strange but well the thing is though, from what I can tell, Yellow Fever and How to Cure it was essentially JNT wants to go on holiday to Singapore. <laughs> yeah. How can we how can we turn this into a tax write off and have him scout locations <laughs> while he was there?
0: Well, I mean I was watching the um there was a documentary about season twenty three on the Travel Time World box set and I watched this before uh um, we started recording and it turned out that him and Gary Downey had actually gone to Singapore for, mm. I think it was like a couple of weeks, I think. Mm. Um, with sort of like the, the view to do some location scouting and they'd bring back like footage and things, which is like to like sell the BBC. Um, the video um, camera they had broke on the first day and, um, <laughs> they only ended up with about 20 minutes of footage shot from a cable car and um john nathan turner was trying to spin it. it's like oh but look at all this lovely scenery we could have and i think eric saywood on the documentary says uh, yeah it'd be great if we could set it on a cable car
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> um yeah so this would have basically had the master and the rani in it
0: mm-hmm. um yeah but we've already done that and you know look at how how that turned out <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, so it, 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 one of those, it's one of those stories that sounds like a mishmash of, like, mm. a, a couple of other stories that you've seen before. Also, the book I'm reading here also claims that the Brig would have been in it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's it. That would have been all right. Because you never got yeah. to uh, appear alongside the Sixth Doctor.
1: No, and also there's some sort of sketchy outline about um singapore apparently is a place that exports a lot of rubber so there was thought of it being some sort of auton storyline
0: hmm that's fair because i mean we'd never really got them again until rose and then before that before that would have been Terror of the autons so yes, yeah. well i mean this is why
1: time. well it's like when, when rose transmitted and it had autons and everyone went eh Mm. because you know it felt like well this is gonna be a dalek or cybermen thing obviously get your heavy hitters in and they went with the the um the autons Mm. which was highly confusing to everybody but um yeah uh, i think really beyond because it's got quite a catchy title yeah um it sort of it comes up quite a lot and there's been quite a lot of research done into it Mm um So, yeah, that's – but really, beyond sort of picking at the surface of JNT has a lovely holiday, um, there's kind of not a lot more to – uh, yellow Fever and How to Cure It. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as none of the treatments I've ever read have any mention of Yellow Fever, whatever. Yeah. So how it's come by that title, I don't know.
0: Mm, well, I, th- I think the, the fact that it's supposed to be set in Singapore might have... Been... Oh, right, okay, so it's <laughs>
2: racist. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I see, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it
1: racist! Yeah. yeah, okay, so... Um,
0: and unfortunately, it's never had any sort of adaptation because Robert Holmes died in 86. Um, and yeah. so it never really got finished. Um... I think I even like I think the only movies even had like one episode written, and the rest was all just synopsis. So, in a, in a way, it just it was never meant to be. Mm. Um, so, uh, moving on to Mission to Magnus.
1: Which has quite a lot of information about it, yeah. but um, as the book I'm reading here points out, uh, there's too many story elements even for Eric Saywood because you've got the <laughs> Doctor's old school bu- old school school bully popping up from somewhere,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, a virus, mm-hmm. uh, the Ice Warriors. This mm-hmm. has just followed a thing. If it was going to follow Yellow Fever and how to cure it, uh, it you would have had another Gallifrey storyline um following the master and the rani mm-hmm. um there's a matriarchal society on magnus and mm-hmm. the women have telekinetic powers yep. and but uh, there's like a boys thing with perry looking after a group of boys yeah. and Syl is in it and yeah. oh my god this is a nightmare mm-hmm. i
0: don't know, did it, any idea how long this was supposed to run for like how many episodes was this meant to be um, i can't find any like mention of it because if this is supposed to be like two parts then that's gonna be pretty <laughs>
1: jam-packed well i mean so hang on a minute so if it was gonna be- fill the trial of a time lord slot so that's 14 episodes mm-hmm. right yeah so um nightmare, Fee
0: was, t- nightmare was two yeah evil would have been two Yellow it yep. would have been three now, Wikipedia say Mission to Magnus would have been two.
1: No way. You can't fit that in two.
0: Yeah. No, because that, that that would make it up to nine. And then you've got... Uh, well,
1: then you've got a, a slot of five. So you're yeah. going to have another, gonna have a two and a three?
0: Mm. Well, you see, you've got the Holes of Time, which would have been a two-parter. Right. Um. But then you've got well, there's the children of January, but that was going to be for 25 minutes episode. So I could have, yeah, that could have been two, but then you still, I think you still like end up like one short, don't you?
1: Yeah. I mean, as well, if you're looking at the Wikipedia article, some of these are, are four twenty five minutes mm-hmm. rather than two forty five Yeah. Um, so it, it was a bit of a mess as to what, what was going to go where essentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, it's it, it also I mean there's, there's a, on the Wikipedia page there's another section as to because those ones we talked about were the ones that were sort of in the the next had moved on to the next stage of like you know these are the ones we're probably going to run with stage mm-hmm. um there are ones other than that I mean there's a there's a Pip and Jane Baker joint yeah just called Gallifrey oh yeah
0: because that one would have dealt with the destruction of Gallifrey <laughs> Um, yeah. which actually ended up coming in back. It's, it's it's strange how many sort of these sort of elements sort of crop up again in the new series.
1: Yeah, because it, basically because uh, people who wrote the who write and wrote the series mm-hmm. um were cutting their teeth on novelizations of these things as they were coming out in the eight in the late eighties. So these things were coming out in eighty nine ninety. Mm-hmm. Which is when RTD and Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss and all that were starting to write themselves and get jobs writing Doctor Who books, and um, so really, it's it's not a surprise that these little elements of sort of little ideas that they either consciously or unconsciously are picking up on and hmm. putting them in the scripts they've now got to write.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, yeah, it's funny how like, old oh, dear old Pip and Jane Baker kind of it was like, of course they've got to write a script. <laughs> At that time, like, of yeah. course,
0: yeah, that was like one of the like the go to's at the time,
1: yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm also intrigued by the old, the old David Banks, um, yeah. I've said you know, his history of the Men, um, <laughs> dry to say the least, hmm. so I'm always a bit intrigued by stuff that he would have written. I mean, this uh, iceberg, yeah, yeah.
0: Intrigues me hmm that actually, that probably wouldn't have been uh, bad actually. I mean, it did get adapted into a novel for the new adventures range mm,
2: um,
0: it did so yeah, I think that would have been not quite an all right one actually
1: uh, It's probably the most put together idea actually it's basic, I mean it's five mm-hmm. men in the Arctic yeah but I mean why not i mean the, the thing had come out mere a few years ago from mm-hmm. relatively to when this was being written yeah um i hang on a minute they're they're writing this in 85 they're thinking about it in 86 no um this was yeah this was
0: originally submitted for season 23 so this would have been like yeah this would have been the 85 86 series
1: yeah yeah so i'm just thinking it would have been it would have been quite funny if they'd actually commissioned this story mm-hmm. in the things in the cinema at the same time oh yeah <laughs> So, I mean, because, you know, uh, if they'd gone, like... If it had been like, how the Six Doctors era had been, if it had been pretty violent and... Oh, God. You know, they could have <laughs> they could have really gone overboard. If oh, it had come Jesus. out, you know, if they'd seen The Thing before they'd seen this, before they made this... <laughs> oh, my God. This could have been a bloodbath. <laughs> oh, no.
0: Oh, my God. That really would have taken Doctor Who off the air once, once and for all, I think.
1: Oh, dear old Mary Whitehouse would have flipped her lid
2: mm.
0: oh oh Christ
1: it's funny to think about though I've only, I've only mm. just, I haven't really thought about that but I'm sure it, it would have ended up either being right at the same time or the people who were on the production team would have ended up, had gone to the cinema and seen the thing and gone yeah let's do yeah, yeah nah. let's do something really metal <laughs>
0: oh boy oh dear Um, so, I I mean, how much more is there, like, got the Hollows of Time as well by Mm. Christopher Hamilton Bidmead. By the way, did you know that any time Christopher Hamilton Bidmead wanted to write a story and he had credits on the uh, title sequence, he wanted to be credited as Christopher Hamilton Bidmead, but he couldn't fit this uh, entire full name, Christopher Hamilton Bidmead, into the, uh, captions?
1: That's why he's Christopher H. Bidmead. Yeah,
0: he only says that on every single commentary he's on. (laughs)
1: Ah. always got to have a go to didn't you? yeah
0: um which would have f- featured the return of the Tractators from Frontios
1: i i have never really put a lot of stock into the tra- the tractators they've always i've never really mm. got on board with them as a baddie really
0: i don't, well i mean you've got the the budgeting at the time so the costume wasn't super great mm. um i mean I did like the idea the idea that they have like Gravity manipulating powers. Um, that was that was quite interesting. But Frontier... I don't really remember that much about Frontiers apart from the cliffhanger of the TARDIS getting wrecked.
1: Yeah, that's that is the most striking thing. Is obviously you have got the hat standing like a you know in a cave, and <laughs> the Doctor <laughs> sort stand. of fully fully freaking out at, at Turlo about what's happened, all mm. that sort of thing. And then it really goes sort of nowhere for me, really. Yeah. I mean, I've never really super enjoyed that episode. So mm. the thought of getting the Tractators back, I mean, unless they would made a big sort of design change, but again, budget-wise, I can't see that they would have... They probably would have been using the these same costumes
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, to save oh, money. Yeah. So I think it would have been pretty ropey looking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then uh, season 23 would have finished up with the Children of January. Mm. Um... Which we don't really know that much about. About, no. Yeah, the writer Michael Feeney Callan said on his website in 2009, this is per the TARDIS wiki he said, I wrote a 2 part called The Children of January, was to be a season closer, not a series termination. But the BBC decided in mid-season that the show would run its course, and in the middle 80s, I think they were right. But I love my episode, which delivered late in 1985. I created a race of runaway proto-humans called the Zeros, sort of human bees, of which I still have the fond nightmares. The children of January in refers to renegade outcasts and a ador- dawn of dawning parallel universe civilization that was abandoned, so
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay then. Mm. <clears throat> yeah which okay
1: okay, yeah okay. lovely. Yep, lovely um so uh let's move on to what would have been season twenty seven mm. so as I say, I mean for all intents and purposes, after the end of survival um you know everyone was all ready to you know go on their holidays and then come back and start making season 27
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but the bbc uh decided that that wasn't going to be happening no. and so uh all the proposals for season 27 went into mothballs
2: yeah.
1: um so where should we start with that let's start with earth aid yes
0: that, i think that would have been the start of series 27 um so, according to TARDIS Wikia, this story was to have been a three-part adventure featuring space pirates, the Seventh Doctor building Stonehenge to send a signal to space, and a data vampire. The story was also included uh, in set of aliens called the Metatraxi. The theme was to be about the politics of food aid, and um, again, on the survival DVD, there's a, a documentary about the ending of Doctor Who's classic run and what the plans, such as they were, really. Um, for what would have been season 27 and uh ben aronovich was uh behind this one and it would have been like about you know how you know we send like money to like these big global charities but the reality is that a lot of the money doesn't actually go to where it's supposed to
1: that's right again it's sort of tapping into the zeitgeist because mm-hmm. obviously uh live aid was yeah oh, was it before or after this uh well this would have been before yeah because this would have been in yeah.
0: 1990 and i think live aid was 86
1: yeah something like that. sorry I mean, yeah because i remember i mean because obviously i don't especially remember actual live aid i mean no. uh, the, the, the the sort of the subsequent you know, Live Aid twos and all that sort of thing. Obviously, but that came much later. I do remember, and obviously, I've seen footage of it. But yeah. we were we were too we, we were too little to really be taking it in. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we we were two when Live Aid was uh, happened the first time. Yeah, I remember, um,
0: yeah. I do remember Live Aid two, Live Harder. Um,
1: yes, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but again, with these sorts of stories, there isn't. I mean, you did get like an adapt adaptation into Big Finish. It did. Um, but the we're strictly strictly speaking with the television and it would have, like, opened with with Ace in command of, like, a starship out of the Federation. She would sort of, like, do, like, give orders and then sneak off to a a ready room or a cabin or whatever um, where the Doctor would just, like, be sitting there and then she would just, like, tell him, this isn't going to work and that's about as far as it got.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, it's something that's going to come up uh, as we go forward. But this weird, I don't want to say sort fetish, fetish, of fetishization of Ace mm. um, and uh, Sophie Aldred because I think that it's it's pretty obvious that Andrew Connell's got quite a big crush on her. Um, <clears throat> uh, um,
2: <laughs>
1: yes, I mean as we'll talk about in the next one, um, this weird thing that Ace is kind of this like in, impossibly talented, kind of can do everything, mm. um, you know, casually. Blowing up Daleks, piloting spaceships, doing all this other sort of thing. I, I think if it had actually gone through, I I don't know how it would have been received because, um, it's incredibly Mary Sueish. I yeah. think for for one,
0: I mean, I got the I guess the impression from like the brief outline that Ace is kind of like winging it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that does come into play with the audio version as well. But, yeah, um, you're right. It is sort of like we. I mean, especially when you've like got the the documentary, which always does like, these sort of like ups of like how the episode's supposed to look. So you've got like Sophie Aldred's head um, as Ace, which is, like like got like long, loose hair, and it's sort of superimposed with of this like grey, like more sort of Battlestar Galactica ish uniform in, and it just looks very odd. But um, yeah, I think Aronovich had said that they kind of canned it because they sort of knew that the budget wasn't going to be there and <laughs> they probably just would have ended up with, a, a, as you put it, a crappy bridge. Um. Yeah.
1: It. I, I, you know, while I sort of, I, I quite like the idea of that the companion has kind of ended up in this hmm. this position of responsibility and, it, and it's sort of on the blag. I mean, that's a decent idea, but... Yeah. I, I think beyond that, I'm I'm not entirely sure about this one. It, it it would I think it would come across a bit like it would end up like the Sunmakers mm. in the at the time when the Sunmakers came out, it was you know a, you know a slashing and incisive piece of uh, satire. Yeah. But you know, t- thirty years later, people are going, what you know, I need to read Mrs. Thatcher's biography before I get this. Um...
0: <laughs> it, it would be seen today at best as a bit quaint.
1: <laughs> I think it would. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it's that sort of... Because uh, w- at the time, we had um, sort of the new and edgy comedians, mm-hmm. you know, and, bef- and you know, in those days, no one would ever take the mickey out of charity or anything like that or, no. you know, sort of maybe point out that this was a bit of a dodgy system and, you know, like you say, money doesn't, end, really, doesn't really seem to end up where it's meant to help the people. And mm-hmm. so I think, again, it would have been all that sort of Ooh, edgy comedy sort of thing and I think it maybe wouldn't have dated as, as particularly well, but um, maybe at the time... Um, it would have it would have kind of – it would have held up. Um, mm. Or, I mean, because that's, that's such a balancing act, isn't it? It, w- it would have held up as, like, people going, oh, yeah, you really, you know, stuck it to old Bob Geldof. But on the <laughs> other hand, people going, you know, how dare you take the mickey out of these poor people in need and all these wonderful people trying to, you know, mm. make people's lives better and what have you done lately, you useless nerds, and all this yeah. sort of thing. So, <laughs> um it, I think it, it was a pretty 50-50 proposition.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, I do like the, I'd like to say, I do like this idea of the companion having to blag along and the doctor's in like this sort of <laughs> secret room helping her and all this sort of things. So, I like that idea. Uh, yeah. Keep that. But um, other than that, I'm a bit mm, about hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, also apparently Andrew Carmell is on the record of saying he prefers the title "Bad Destination," which, uh, no, it's r- no. Uh, that sounds like a really. That's like, It's it not like it sounds like
0: a Naff um, Lady Gaga B-side or something, doesn't it?
1: It does actually, yeah, like on Jovi um, album title. But I do like the idea of the Metatraxy because I
0: think they're supposed to be like insectoids, like aliens, like it's like like very like warmongery. I mean, yeah, they're a little bit Santaran. Yeah, but I think the idea behind them was they won't fight you and they won't kill you unless you are armed. And if you're not armed, they'll try and give you a weapon just so they have an excuse. <laughs> it's like, go on, go on, take this little gun. It's only little. I mean, you can barely hurt a fly with it. But go on, just having a new supposed to go, No, I don't want that. Because you're just going to kill me, you bastards.
1: <laughs> Straight out of the Predator playbook. Yeah. Um, well, actually, that would you... have
0: been that would have around about that time, wouldn't it? Cause
1: well, not Predator, Predator 2, because Predator 2 was 90, I think, because it's quite a long time after the first Predator, isn't it? Uh, what
0: was the first Predator one? Mm-hmm. 87 dang wow that's 30 years old Sure. (laughs) 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 right um but yeah um i quite like that like that idea
1: yeah Um, but don't you don't you always feel like when you read these things i was like we haven't done insect aliens before let's do insects
0: yeah then you remember the zombie. yeah
1: yeah that it just uh, you know arguably not done right until uh last time lords Mm -hmm. and utopia um so let's move on to thin ice which is i think maybe the most fleshed out of all of them Mm. now i'm just going to read the sentence and i'm going to get to the point which i think this all falls down the lobe right this (laughs) four-parter second second story would have been mark platt and have the Ice Warriors in 1986? Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19, sorry, 1968. It would have seen the departure of Ace to the pridorian Academy to become a time lord. Now, hold on a second, there, player. <laughs> um, <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, I see. Totally see what you mean when you just like say that uh, they're trying to turn Ace into a bit of a Mary Sue, because in sort like the Doctor Who universe, that's kind of like up there.
2: Really, it really is.
0: I mean, apart from becoming an immortal time traveler with a dinosaur, so <clears throat> um but yeah I quite like the idea of like ice Warriors in like the swing 60s London because that's kind of like what it would be wouldn't it it, would, it wouldn't be sort yeah. of like just sort of like everyday sort of like it'd be like now it would be like Carnaby Street and all that and all the bright colors and it'd be sort of very sort of, like Italian job sort of Presentation of you know, cool Britannia as it was back in the day, and you got the yeah. ice Warriors clomping around. Um,
1: yeah, I, I like this idea that you, there would have been ice warrior arm in the London dungeon, and mm-hmm. then, um, you know, it I, I, like, I like the ideas in it. I'm I just this ace thing is tripping me up, <laughs> yeah.
0: But I mean, I can understand the doctor sort of like he's trying to not sort of, I don't want to say, educate her. But sort of like trying to set her up for something bigger.
1: yeah. Because, you know again, this, this whole idea of the, you know, the inverted commas Cartmel master plan, which mm-hmm. may or may not actually exist, but this whole idea that the Doctor is somehow pushing Ace towards a destination, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, uh, you know, Ghost Light being the big, you know, one of the, the sort of examples of forcing her to confront her past mm-hmm. and uh, moving on from it and, you know, changing her... Changing her, in, sort of moulding her into a certain some sort of end goal, mm-hmm. um, which I, I guess that Thin Ice is the culmination of. Um, mm. But I just don't really understand. You know, you know, is that why her sort of thing, and yeah. you know, is this how Time Lords reproduce? They like abduct somebody and then just turn them into Time Lord, or well, isn't that
0: like? Didn't Lungbarrow get its first start during the? sort of production of this season because yeah, it... longbrow is like the the, the famous it's like new adventure story I think it's like the last of the new adventure stories wasn't it yeah
1: um... it, it was the culmination of a long series of adventures as well you had to kind mm. of read a, you know a good few dozen books in order to understand what was happening in it yeah. and uh, it sort of infamously kind of messes up that the idea that time lords just sort of reproduce like, you know, how humans would do. Yeah. This whole idea that they're weaved mm-hmm. on a loom.
0: Yeah. So and sort
1: of then, you know, just sort all like, appear.
0: They're all like cousins, aren't they? Or yeah. Something. yeah. Um,
1: and, but the, the the whole thing about, like,
0: the doctor, like, moulding his companion into something greater. Do you, do you get a sense that, like, this would have been, like, what the fourth doctor was trying to do with Leela?
1: Well, I mean, again, that that if you sort of take what happens in, you know, because there are big finish uh, stories mm-hmm. with Leah on on Gallifrey still. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, because obviously they're they're not canonical, um, mm. and it's sort of, I mean, I wonder if they would have gone down that road, mm. you know, if they'd sort of been in a position that they wanted to go back and see how Leela was getting on. Yeah. But you sort of, she's not really there to be a time lord. She sort of just lives there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she just happens to be there because you've met a bloke. Left her there. Yeah. yeah. She met a bloke and they immediately decided to get married. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Well, but yeah. also, like, the, the whole... Getting back to the whole the, the Dr. Mould and the companion, I, I remember reading something. I don't know, like, how exactly, like, true it is or not or whether it was, like, seriously considered. But there was supposed to be a story where it was revealed that the ninth doctor in taking rose under like, there was something to do with the ninth doctor and trying to shape rose into like the perfect companion so he'd be, like influencing her life
2: mm.
0: throughout or something oh, but i mean i don't know like how how much that was like real or just like made up by some fan on some forum somewhere and trying to pass it off as a uh, fact.
1: Well, I mean, it, it sort of sounds like it, it was sort of the idea that there was this whole sort of overarching story in, in series one. Mm-hmm. So it, it sort of sounds a little bit like people were trying before bad wolf was a, was kind of identified as the thing and and became sort of the whole point of the series
2: yeah.
1: um it, sort of the what what the idea of series one actually was like the overarching story mm-hmm. so um i think you know it, it's possible but um again rtd who wrote series one would have been exposed to these ideas
2: mm-hmm.
1: so is it possible that he thought maybe i could do something similar with it with rose it's entirely possible yeah
0: um, but anyway, moving on to uh, crime of the century,
1: which would have introduced the ace replacement character. Yeah, which who would have been sort of a burglar or safecracker or something like this.
0: Yeah, she, uh, yeah, she was like upper class, or like. So effectively, Lady Christina D'Souza. Before we had Lady Christina D'Souza.
1: D'Souza. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Essentially. Um, I mean, I quite like the idea of the opening they had. Um mm. so basically this safe cracker character just like basically hobnobbing amongst the toffs and all that. And so she like excuses up to go powder her nose or something, so she slips upstairs but then she sort of, like she takes off her gloves and like un like unhooks this large painting, does reveal a safe underneath so you know, she then uh, cracks the safe and then inside's the doctor who just like asks what you <laughs> But that's about as far as the idea went <laughs>
1: Yeah, and also the the ongoing thing of Cartmel preferring a much more shit title
2: mm. uh,
1: again would have wanted to call this Action at a Distance, which again sounds <laughs> like a Bon Jovi album of the mid '90s. It, it, um, it, it sounds like stop.
0: It sounds like a, a an episode title from like The Persuaders or something. Do you know what I mean? It
1: does actually.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think uh, according to the wiki, uh, Julius Hawala was. Uh, considered for um, the role of the safe Uh, cracker
1: sort of a a trendy choice at the time I mean she was sort of quite she was sort of fairly famous she was in that kind of we we talk about that kind of zone between household name and complete unknown she Mm -hmm. was kind of in that in that area because she was in press gang yes no was she at that Uh, time
0: oh that's a good question Let me check. Yes, she was in Press Gang. Yep.
1: So that's, you know, so she was starting to get big roles. So yeah, Which only would have been the
0: year before, actually.
1: Yeah, so yeah. if they could have tempted her away from that to do this, I think that's uh, mm-hmm. could have been where it went. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's strange, to think, because I think most people would know her um From her own absolutely fabulous saffron,
1: yeah yeah, and also she's the kid of someone fairly famous as well, so people would know her for as that as well, so
0: mm-hmm. yeah um so that's about as far as that one went, <laughs> yep then you have illegal alien, which um again got adapted into a book mm-hmm. um, which would have involved the cybermen uh during the Second World War unfortunately, you already had The Curse of Fenric in the previous year. Yes. So, unfortunately, that's about as far as that went. But you can still get the book, so, you know. Check you it watch. out. Yeah, check it out, yeah. Um, But, also interestingly, it was written by Mike Tucker, who mm. at the time was mostly known for doing the special effects for the series. I think he originally submitted under a, a pen name or something and he had, like, a, a co-writer. Yeah. And, um... I, I, yeah, they said this on. It was on the documentary that's on the survival disc. Um, when they got the treatment back, it was all full of positive notes and all that. So he sent it back into Cardinal, saying, "Actually, this person who wrote it is actually me." And when he got back, to it, it was just absolutely slated. So yeah, it's a. The problem with like talking about some of these stories is because they're so very loosely sketched. It's you know, it's hard to get a purchase on it. Yeah. Um, and now, the next one that Tardis Wiki brings up is Avatar, but that might have been part of season twenty-eight.
1: Right. So it was. It the idea was that it was, it was sort of you know a good idea that they liked, but they didn't maybe have the budget or the mm-hmm. or the story wasn't quite what they wanted for season twenty-seven, so they were parking it yeah. kind of down the road for, for something else. So. Yeah.
0: Uh, a four-part story set in Arkham, New England, which
2: would have been... yeah, which is
1: sort of the the Lovecrafty idea. Yeah. So, uh,
2: um... would they
1: have gone the full hog and had it set in Miskatonic University and all this sort of thing? So, um... well, uh, the writer David McEntee said um,
0: the basic idea is with these body Snatchers, aliens who could only inhabit the dead. The villains in, in his human corpse had got this fossilized remain of some sort of Silurian god, and were planning to clone it. Towards the end, the villain was going to get more and more decrepit in each episode until there was just a skeleton at the end. It was meant to be an Evil Dead type of thing, but it would have turned it down for Doctor Who.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, obviously Evil Dead was, was, you Mm. know, uh, video, nasty, horror movie, trendy, sort of, all the edgy kids are watching it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's sort of a thing that they would have been, the writers would have been exposed to. So, yeah, um, they would have wanted to try and do something sort of haunted, housey kind of new englandy horror type thing yeah um yeah i mean it's one of those things that the doctor who is there's a rich vein of that and they've done it you know they, they've done sort of some things like that in books and audios and but in the main tv series they've never really managed to to get that full idea on the screen if you like mm. um so yeah it's it's one of those ones that you find if you if you read on in in this wikipedia page and on the tardis wiki Mm -hmm. um it's one of those ideas sort of concepts that gets kicked around a bit they never seem to quite make it to the screen so but i think that's the one of the more fully fleshed out ones and it sounds quite fun so Mm
0: -hmm. um was there any more that you wanted to mention
1: uh there is one uh a school for glory which was uh yeah. gonna be in the great war and alternate between the trenches and uh a british country house um mostly notable because you know you may remember that from such episodes as family of blood mm-hmm.
0: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> which itself was was adapted from a seventh doctor book
0: mm-hmm. human nature yeah. so yeah yeah
1: um So, yeah, that was sort of uh, fairly significant. So, yeah, so that's the basic idea of what Seasons 23 and 27 would have been. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some interesting other ones, um, which I'll pick out here. Uh, Doctor Who and the Spare Part People. Oh, right. I've heard tell of this one. Mainly because John Pertwee was going to actually write this.
0: Oh, right. Okay.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, It would have been a Um, seven-parter. So... it, it, you, would, you may remember this plot from such, Doctor, uh, from such Bond films as because it's brilliant scientists and sportsmen being abducted by a megalomaniac who lives in a tropical paradise at the South Pole uh. who's attempting to create a super race and who stages gladiatorial combats between footballers and crocodiles. <laughs> and the Doctor goes undercover as a Nobel laureate and he and the Brigadier are taking a submarine to a lost kingdom where the Doctor's immortality um, intrigues the Emperor uh, and then puts the doctor in a labyrinth to fight his monster. But then his beautiful daughter comes and helps the doctor with a ball of string. Uh, that girl replaces Liz Shaw. Um, and apparently Terence Dix was like, "Nope, no, <laughs> no, sir, we're not making that."
0: But the the whole gladiatorial thing um, that kind of reminds me slightly of uh, Paradise of Death, the um, mm. audio story that John Pert we did. It was back in '93. But anyway.
2: <laughs> mm.
1: Okay, so um, how about Beyond the Sun, uh, a Malcolm Hulk joint, um, which would have been in the early Hartnell uh, era. Um,
0: Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, is this now? I think this has also got another title, hasn't it? It's called The Hidden Planet or something?
1: That's the one, yeah. Um, That's it, yeah. So the idea was that it would be in sort of an opposite earth. Mm-hmm. So it's in the same orbit, but women are in charge and you fully close the common and birds yeah. fly backwards, it would have been six parts. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently it was turned in and the production team says either entirely rewrite it or get rid of it. Um, <laughs> and that decision coincided with the Daleks uh, being on the telly and taking over everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so the, the direction that the the whole series took um shifted and yeah. beyond the sun was a casualty of that um maybe for the best because this sounds like the shittest idea ever yeah it does <laughs> yeah next up how about the enemy within by christopher priest um um basically uh the idea of this one is um it it's in Castravalva, the Doctor mm-hmm. hints at something powerful and terrifying at the centre of the TARDIS, ah. but because he's just regenerated, he can't remember what it is. Um, what apparently it would have been was some sort of vegetable parasite or symbiote, um, which feeds off time energy. Mm. Um, so that is the the idea of the Enemy Within, essentially. It would have been something like that. Um, but this, the Enemy Within itself uh, ended up getting mowed over for another sort of famous series which was never made called Sealed Orders
2: mm-hmm. where
1: um the doctor is instructed to kill Romana okay. and the t- and the TARDIS lands inside inside out of itself and so we have two running in different time streams. So um so anyway within lost out to Sealed Orders and then they didn't make in either. Mm. Um, this is mainly famous uh, though for the fact that um uh, you know things were going wrong with this and Christopher Priest ended up getting paid for the Enemy Within even though it was never made mm-hmm. and apparently John Nathan-Turner sort of infamously ended up going insane at him on the phone <laughs> about it all um, <laughs> and it got it got litigious um, and so yeah it was uh it was sort of a bit of a nightmare, it turned out to be. So that's mm. why um, and that is sort of a fairly famous one.
2: Yeah,
0: um, I just read, like, the, the Wikipedia's entry in it. It says, um, yeah, there's, there's something somewhere hidden inside the TARDIS was the one being the Doctor Feed of all others, and the psychic tension between the two of them produced the energy, enough energy to move through time and space, which just doesn't really sound... That sounds bad <laughs> to me. Yeah, it, so it does, it, yeah. yeah god (laughs) and sealed orders um the you know the doctors under orders like to kill romana the assassin um
1: yeah pretty much
0: mm. Oi.
1: yeah it's a bit of a mess both of them Mm -hmm. um okay so this one is called the song of the space whale um Mm -hmm. i guess sort of stop me if you've heard any of this seems familiar (laughs) um that as a story of a whole culture stuck inside a vast ship mm-hmm. um which would have also been alive so ah. the ship would have been conscious.
0: Oh um, um yeah, this sounds familiar. Where oh where do I know it from? Oh mm. gosh, mm. Oh. Was it one of the Matt Smith's ones? I can't remember. Yeah, it
1: something like that, yeah. yes. Mm. Uh, uh, but it's most significant that one of the one of the um, characters would have been a a roguish common boy going by the name of Turlo.
0: Oh, see that might not have been so
1: bad. Well, well,
2: uh, well mean, it would have been
1: it would have been a more
2: make logical. a bit more sense
1: for his character, yeah, <laughs> rather than being stuck in a public school uh, <laughs> or private school, I should say, but. Um, yeah it's it you know uh it's not essentially that much of a different thing from the beast below mm. uh without all the politics stuff um yeah. essentially um the face of god right um it's some sort of thing that the idea is it the, the, the title is essentially controversy bait mm. um <laughs> there's it, it's sort of um not a lot else known about it um the, it's one of those things that um, apparently sort of comes up in a lot of interviews, but doesn't really seem to have any, anything else apart from, you know, a fairly controversial uh, title. Yeah. And um, apparently there would have been something about the doctor dying in it. Oh. Um, but apart from that, not a, a huge amount. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got, um, okay, the prison, prison in space, which would have be been another huge, long, um, you know sort of six or seven parter um essentially a guy a fellow by the name of uh, dick sharples came up the story about a matriarchy of men are forced to wear dresses to be submissive servants and sex objects following a lot of jokes about jamie's kill the doctor and company <laughs> stage a coup and much spanking ensues God. <laughs> along the way the story was somehow supposed to introduce jamie's replacement called by fellow by the name of nick everything else would have been done cheap um yeah, uh glad this one ends up in the garbage. <laughs>
0: oh, no. No, that's terrible.
1: Yeah, I'm that's... so glad they oh, never really I... went down this idea of doing the gender wars thing. I was just like, oh, <sighs> please stop doing this idea. I hate it.
0: Yeah, it was also supposed to feature Jamie and Drag as well, wasn't it?
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. <laughs> no, nah, that's... uh Yeah that's bad
1: yeah that sucks um okay so alexion
0: which i if i'm remembering correctly would have been the seventh doctor's final story wouldn't it
1: yes
2: something
1: like that it's the name of an asteroid and a name of what comes out of the asteroid Mm
2: -hmm. again
1: everyone's favorite giant beetles turn up Um but the idea is that the uh the stuff of life was made from is digested human corpses. Oh, um Yeah. And uh, there are monks there but who um have a the human inhabitants were basically monks and thus didn't put up much resistance and their vow of silence doesn't help. The villain, the abbot, was a manipulative smooth talker and possibly a bank manager, attempted to drive the doctor insane while wearing <laughs> increasingly loud suits. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay okay so increasingly that's it oh, just basically variants of colin baker's costume then <laughs> uh it,
1: it, it was a very strange idea mm. um okay so let's move on now i've got <laughs> just got a couple more left so first yep. of we've got the rose mariners mm. um again a donald tosh story um it would have been a Hartnell or or possibly a trout. And The yeah. idea is that the story comes... It's got a space-based botanical research station,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not unlike few of the Deep, with plants infecting and possessing people. Much of the politicking and the jockeying for control is akin to the wheel in space... And while the plants end up creating doppelgangers of men, again, not unlike various trout and yarns, mm-hmm. you kept visiting this storyline for various uh, lineups. But once the unit area came along, it was abandoned for the last time. So yeah, I think unfortunately with this one, uh, it's like six other stories. So yeah, you're gonna fly. Yeah,
0: because I mean, there was a there's one uh, trout and one I read called The Ants, and um, it's supposed to be set in Las, Las Vegas, I think. Um, but the TARDIS crew would find themselves shrunk down to like a 10th of an inch. Stop me. You've heard me what, this one before. Um, but also it have, a, like the atomic bomb tests of the day would have like, uh, mutated the answer that became super intelligent and wanted to conquer the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, <laughs> but it's basically just sort of like planet of giants in Las Vegas.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I've got uh Erinella um right. which um apparently is was the result of uh, apparently Christopher bid claims that there weren't any really any scripts for season eighteen, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: paperwork shows that's really not true, but one of the ones that um <laughs> Apparently, one of the ones that sort of kept going back for rewrites and had some legs but they couldn't quite make it work was this one. And Apparently, it's a reworking of Celtic mythology with a real dragon in it. So we oh. already can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so the idea is that there's a prince and a brother-in-law battle dragons and fight for the hand of a princess. And the doctor ruins everything by turning up too early in a cyclical story um, and is accused of being a poisoner. Um, So basically, I think um, this one probably ended up going because a cyclical story that requires you to have pretty good knowledge of of Celtic mythology is a little bit out there for... Mm for saturday tea time in it yeah. so um it, it probably one of those ones they couldn't just couldn't make it work yeah. um kept going back for for rewrites and not quite working
2: mm-hmm.
1: um okay so the last one i want to talk about quickly uh, yep. project zeta sigma which i think quite a lot of people would have heard of mm-hmm. um it, it's uh, it's a, a thinly veiled nuclear arms race parable at two equal and opposite our sides, subtly named Hawks and Doves, each with plans to stop the other lot starting a war. It involved things called auto gems, um, a miss um, a missile capable of flying through the planet's sun. Inevitably, the master, and ended with a crap <laughs> joke about the Doctor's disarming smile. <laughs> Can we say Rise of the Deep? <laughs> yes, well, exactly. Yeah. It's quite re- – I mean, it's not remarkable. I suppose it makes sense <laughs> that quite a lot of these things sort of come back again yeah. in various little bits and pieces. Because, I mean, you know, fundamentally quite a lot of those have uh, – you know, there's good ideas and good mm-hmm. bits and pieces if they just can't make it work with the budget and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah there's uh, quite a few um, – episodes that didn't quite make it and to be honest for some of those you sort of think you hey, sort yeah. of <laughs> there's
0: a couple i'd like to mention if i may um, yeah go for it because there's one i i would love to see them take this idea and run with it um mm-hmm. especially before fraser Hines leaves this mortal coil. Call, um called the Laird of MacRimmon. oh yes um, now the original plot line would have had a strange force compelling Jimmy to pilot TARDIS to scotland in 1746 Um, where the Doctor, Jamie, and Zoe find themselves isolated from the ship by a force field. They arrive at the the foreboding castle McCrimmon, uh, Jamie's ancestral home near Misty Loch. Um, Basically, so the Great Intelligence is back, uh, messing things up, uh, and in the end, Jamie departs uh, the TARDIS by becoming the new laird of McCrimmon. Um, And I always thought this would be a good one to, like... So like take the loose idea, and run with it, and have like an older Jamie. So like near mm-hmm. the end of his life, um, but this is like after uh, the War Games. So he's, if you he's, like picture, if you will, um, you've got like a, an old Jamie. So like rambling about these strange beasts. He about like like referring to like things like like the Cybermen and the Ice Warriors and all that, and everybody thinks mm-hmm. he's just going like senile in his old age. But it's actually, because of his advanced age, that's the um, mental block of the Time Lords, like, breaking down. So then he had the Doctor and the current companion arrive, where it turns out Jamie is actually actually is under threat by, say, the Great Intelligence or some other uh, alien from that run of Doctor Who. And basically, the entire story is, like, having to protect Jamie um, from, you know, being killed before his time. And you know it's just like ends with you know the the old Jamie like finally realizing who this stranger that's been helping him out is actually the Doctor, and I think it should be like a nice little send off to that character because like so yeah. often in like classic Doctor Who, you know the companions would just leave and we'd never see them again. If they like sight us out of them, and you you get like some name drops like, in, like, Sarah Jane Adventures of, like, what they could be up to. But, you know, it'd be nice to, like, actually see. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I've, I've, it's one of those ones, again, that... I've, the lead of a criminal has gone round and round a few times. And, yeah, you're quite right. I, I wish that um, maybe they would sort of go out on a limb and and, and do something along those lines mm-hmm. um, for for Frasier. Uh, so, yeah. Um, it it's it's got it certainly got legs, and um, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility they give it a try. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, ho- hope so.
0: Yeah, the one of the other big ones I wanted to mention, which I think was supposed to be the third Doctor's final story, um, mm-hmm. was the final game, um, which was to reveal that the Master and Doctor were either brothers, or two different opposing aspects of the same beings, so the ego and the edge. And then you have the master dying in a manner that suggests he sacrificed himself to save the doctor's life. Um, unfortunately, that never came to be because Roger Delgado was, of course, killed in a car accident. Yes. And uh, had to be scrapped in, which was replaced by Planet the Spiders.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, to be honest, I mean, it, it's one of those sort of ideas where it, it's like, it seems like the logical sort of end point. Yeah. For the two, but at the same time, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's its why why there's like a joke to it in uh, Sound of Drums when, like Martin says to the Tenth Doctor, you know, is is he your brother or something? He just goes, you've been watching too much television. Do you know what I mean? It's, that, yeah. it's one of those sort of ideas like like not everyone and everything has to be connected. They could just be two Time Lords who used to be friends and now just devolved well, into a what... bit of rivalry. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and they tried to squeeze it in into Planet Fire, didn't they as
0: well? Yeah, oh yeah. Would you would you not show any mercy to your own ah
1: nah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um and I think the, the, the last one I kind of want to touch on because we could go on like all day about this. But, yes, we could, yeah. Um there is one by one Douglas Adams called The Cricket Man. Yes. And if you read life the universe and everything, that's kind of where ...that story got its origins from. Yeah. Um So basically, the inhabitants of the planet Cricket... ...built a race of androids called the Cricket Men... ...to the right, wipe out all life in the universe, like you do. Um, mm-hmm. They were stopped by the Time Lords... ...who trapped Cricket within a temporal prison. A group of Cricket Men... ...which accept the terminal of sentence... Were, ...are trying to reassemble the components of a key... ...which can free Cricket... ...components which happen to resemble elements... ...of the Earth game of Cricket... ...is itself actually a reflection of the ancient war the Doctor and Sarah stumble on the this plot when they see the cricket men steal the ashes during a test match at Lord's.
2: Which?
1: <laughs> you may remember these plot points from such other <laughs> aborted projects as Doctor Who meets Scratchman. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, yes, Douglas Adams is a crazy genius in his own way, but even that's just...
1: It seems to too far out, and it?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why it sort of got spun off into a Hitchhiker's Guide story.
1: Yeah, we could just do whatever you like with it rather than mm. try and get the doctor in it and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's a it's a nice taste of Douglas Adams and you I mean obviously gone far too soon and um you yeah. know, wish there was more of his work in the world, but um yeah, uh I'm not sure how far that would have gone, so
0: Yeah, but it is an interesting like slice to have a look at uh, things that could have been uh um, Yes. Because you know there there are some things you think, oh that could have been so great and other things you think yeah no <laughs> um because i mean i remember even those. there's supposed to be like a sequel to sleep no more as well wasn't
1: there yes there was yeah
0: um but then mark alice got the chance to write victorian soldiers on ice warrior uh inhabited mars so there you yes. have it
1: well i mean it's it well i mean they're still making it so it's not like you know it could never ever ever happen so mm. we'll see yeah
0: um, so, if you've got any thoughts on all the stuff we've waffled on about, you can email us at greatestshow Show at simply syndicated.com. You can tweet us at Greatest Show Pod, or you can face us at our Facebook page at facebook.com Greatest Show podcast. Do check out our many sister shows on the network, and as always, we welcome your support. The best way you can help us out is by subscribing to Simply Everything, where a monthly fee of just £6 gives you access to a library of podcasts, not only from the archives of the network, but also shows that are exclusive to the service. We also have a merchandise store that offers apparel and accessories to both Europe and America. We also have a Patreon, or you can donate to the network through paypal.me, of which links are both on the bottom of the website. So with that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And until next time, take care and bye-bye.